welcome to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space. So today, I'm happy to welcome back Gavin Barron to the podcast. Welcome, Gavin. Thank you, Paul. Actually, I don't think I've been on the podcast before. Really? Yeah, well, welcome sure. to the to see the, the last interview I did with Gary. I didn't know he was on, and he reminded me. So I'm 0 for two this week. But anyway, <laughs> in Dusseldorf, we both came over to Dusseldorf for the European Collaboration Summit. So it's always great to get an in-person uh, talk. So I wanted to chat with you about the latest updates of Microsoft Graph Toolkit. For those, since you've never been on the show, I'm sorry. Can you introduce yourself <laughs> and tell folks what it is you do? I'm Gavin Barron. I am a principal software engineer in the developer experiences team for Microsoft Graph. Been in that role since July last year when I joined Microsoft. Basically, my team works on building SDKs and tooling and everything to help developers do more with the Microsoft Graph. Wow, do more with the graph. We love that, right? So specifically, <laughs> again, as I was mentioning, um, the graph toolkit, which I know has been around for some time. So can you give us a recap of what is the toolkit to, to level set folks? Yeah, Microsoft Graph Toolkit is a collection of web components and authentication providers for Microsoft Graph. It provides developers with a web standards based way of getting data out of graph and displaying it in your application. So we make authentication really easy. Two lines of code and you've got auth running in the browser, which it's a lot simpler than some of the auth <laughs> patterns we've had in the past. <laughs> Abstracts that nicely. Um, but because it's built on web components, it doesn't matter what JavaScript front-end framework you're using, you can still use MGT inside there. In fact, we ship a set of uh, React components, which are just lightweight wrappers over top of our, our web components to make it really easy for our React. Okay, folks. so you say components and you said auth. So let me break that down for me. What does that mean by a component? Uh, that I, Something I just drop a you know, UI thing or something more? Yeah, so a web component is a simple HTML style tag that the browser knows how to interpret and attach custom behavior to. So you can just write an HTML if you've imported our scripts into the page and you just write angle bracket MGT login and you've got a login control. To go with that, you'll need an MGT, say, mcel 2 provider, which knows the client ID. Hey, you've got auth. And does that provide so the, does that provide the user interface? Like if I want to have my app look like something for out of the the suite, it'll do that for me. Absolutely. So that's that's actually one of the big things with uh, version three that we've got coming out out in the next month or so. Um, version three, we're refreshing all of our components to use the Fluent UI Web Components package, so it looks like it belongs in the suite. We our login control provides you with an appearance that looks like it belongs in a Microsoft 365 application, down to a new feature in V3, identity switching and multiple account login. So that's a feature we've got throughout the suite. Now you can have that within your applications by using our controls. Which is very helpful, of course. And now, so you say um, it's using the, it's wrapping the Fluent UI, is that what you said? Or Fluent UI web components. components. Okay, is that the same thing I see if I do the you know the Fluent design system that Microsoft talking about? Where are we aligned yeah. there? Or the there, there is there is close alignment in the visual appearance. There's some differences in the design tokens. So there's a little bit of translation between people who are using Fluent V9, for example, and 
the Fluent UI web components. So there's some mismatches in the design components and systems there, but it's it looks very close um, and it looks good together. Is that an either or where I'm using the Fluent V9 bits or these bits or no. do I have to use both? So if you're using our components, you've got Fluent UI web components. You can choose to use Fluent React V9 as well. Okay. So we can put, you can run our components inside a V9 application, based application, inside a Fluent React V8 application if you want. You can mix and match and grab the components that you want from V8 that maybe don't exist anymore in V9 yet or haven't been migrated. Haven't yet. been migrated, which I've yeah. seen that there's a few that have not been migrated. Yeah. Exactly. You know, there's some useful controls that still in to be migrated. So okay, okay, and and so and I'm. What is the, the the width of the of the toolkit? Have you done all these components or UI widgets, or what, what do I get? What yeah, do I do? that's great. Uh, so we've focused on some key building blocks, really common patterns that we see in every application. So login, super common, right? The ability to display a person as a small atom. Right. I've got the user identity for port or the ID for your user. How can I render that in the page? So we have a person, we have people controls to p perform queries across groups of people and render them using our person control. Cool. Okay. Then within the, that, we have things like people cards. So think about, you know, in SharePoint, you pop up and you get that nice detailed view of the person with the org chart and the related files. Yeah, we've got a person card that does that. Okay. And it handles all of the underlying graph queries for you. So we're trying to make it really easy for you to build on top of graph and build some augmented stuff. We've got some much richer controls as well. We've got an agenda control, which will query your calendar for a given period of days or any calendar that you have access to. So it doesn't have to be your own personal calendar. Okay. It could be a group calendar, those kind of things. Uh, we have access into tasks and to-do, so we can render, hey, what jobs have you got to get done, Paul? <laughs> here's, here's your remind, here's your to-do list in the, in the side of this application. You know, really good for productivity applications. We have, in V3, we've got some more uh, generic components. Previously, we didn't have support for a generic picker. Okay. So think about this. You know, you've got a lot of, there are lots of collections of objects in Microsoft Graph. Sometimes you just want to choo choose one of them out of a list. We now support that. Okay. Um, we Then we have what we call our Swiss Army knife, really. We have a thing called MGT get, which allows you to pass in an arbitrary query to Graph and get back a collection of results and render them using your own custom templates. So where we're not able to fill all of the need, we can plumb in the infrastructure to make the underlying graph queries provide you the data and let you provide, put your results so, the way you so want. So that sounds like what we would do back with the data bound controls in ASP.NET before it, it was very, that, right? very much like those <laughs> data bound controls where you just, you're, you're saying, hey, this is the data I'd like you to get and I'll write a template to handle displaying it the way I want to. Okay, and and so well, now you mentioned um, V3. So yeah. what what is in V3? What can folks look forward to? Oh. As I mentioned, we're brand new with web component, the Fluent UI web components. So it looks like it's part of the suite. Right. It was starting to age out a little bit. wasn't quite matched anymore. Um, generic picker. Ooh, support for sovereign clouds. So if you've got customers who are in GCC or Black Forest, those those isolated clouds that aren't part of the main graph, 
yeah, we've got support for you there. So you can use our components against those. Okay. And our login authentication providers, because, well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're a SharePoint developer building SPFX and using MGT, there is an issue in V2 and it's not an issue with V2 specifics per se. It's a, it's a limitation of web components. Web components register themselves in the browser saying, hey, this is my name. Associate me that name with this class, this JavaScript class, right. so that when you see this tag, instantiate this class and attach it to the DOM. Okay. Browser really doesn't like it if you try and register the same tag name multiple <laughs> times. So you can imagine if there's two SharePoint framework web parts in a page that both try and use MGT, they're try, both trying to register the same tags. Yeah, browser doesn't yeah. get very, isn't so happy about that. So that can cause a bit of a problem for some of our customers. We've developed a tool that we call disambiguation. So you as a developer can say, actually, I would like to put in a little string into this tag. Maybe it's my company name. Maybe it's the name of the SharePoint solution that we're deploying. And that way you can ensure that you don't collide with someone else's registration. Also allows for having multiple versions of SharePoint of MGT in a single SharePoint page and binding to the correct uh, right. Then that, that's a common that's a common thing, I, and I've seen countless times where writing a web part and it looks great, and you test it, and it's the only web part on the page, and everything was wonderful <laughs> in dev, and then end users say, "Well, I want this web part on the page four times." So even though it's the same code as you described, so I can certainly see how that gets to be gets to be a mess. And so w- what seems odd to me. And again, this is my failing as a UI developer, right? So if I'm doing MGT and SPFX, right? So I'm guessing that, you know, when you say you have a login control and a people or a calendar mm-hmm. control, my mind went to I'm doing some line of business app. But is there a story around using MGT just in all the Microsoft 365 apps that are in all the various pieces? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we have a really good story for building within Teams apps. Were you in the community keynote this morning? I was, I, sadly, I was had a, a conflict <laughs> okay. this morning. So that. Uh, on stage this morning, Stefan Bissell were on, was showing Yo Teams, you know, the original mm-hmm. scaffolding mm-hmm. for uh, building Teams-based applications. Right. Inside there, they actually use MGT and the providers and some of the controls that we provide inside there. So, yeah, we're not just SharePoint. We're any application that runs in a browser. Okay. And that includes, you know, native Teams applications because they're just running inside an Electron container, yeah, which is a browser. <laughs> oh, by the way, we also provide a specific uh, authentication provider for Electron to okay. support that authentication model. Because, again, it's it's slightly different from a, a browser ran, running in user mode. Yeah, and, and so... I know if I'm writing SPFX code, for example, I can get the context. And if I'm mm-hmm. running in Teams, I get a Teams context. I'm in SharePoint, I get a SharePoint mm-hmm. context. Is there a similar concept that applies in, in the toolkit? Yeah, there is. So when we instantiate a provider, so an auth provider, we allow you access to that. And through that, you can actually get access to the underlying Microsoft Graph client object that we use to make requests out to Microsoft Graph. So we're using our own SDK inside the toolkit. Okay. So that handles things like retries on 429s. Right. Yeah. Really yep. useful, right? 
Oh, that's one of our other upgrades in, in version two. Uh, ver version three from version two. In version two, we're on 2.12 for graph client. It's kind of old. The JavaScript graph yeah. client or TypeScript. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. JavaScript graph client. Yeah. That upgrades to 3.2. Okay. It's close to the latest version. Close to the, close um, the yeah. We have, so because a lot of our users are building on top of SharePoint and using SharePoint framework, we have some special considerations to ensure that we don't break those users. Um, and there's some versioning challenges there. Yes. So what I'm hearing is I don't have to worry about it because the toolkit team is talking to the SPFX team. You just make it happen for us. That's, that's, Thank you. <laughs> that's the short version. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a developer and you want to contribute to our library, and please do. I urge you, if you're a developer out there listening to this and going, hey, that sounds interesting, please go to our repo, aka.ms slash MGT. That'll take you at our GitHub repo. Everything's there. Take a look at it. If you've got ideas, contribute ideas. If you've got ideas for improvements or bug fixes, please, we're, we accept PRs. We're here, we're open source software. So we'd really like your feedback. Um, so if you're a developer who's starting to use and build out with our products, we're moving to 14 and 16 as our supported versions. As soon as the SharePoint framework dev story supports Node 18, we will move to Node 18 and we will drop support for 14 and 16. Uh, so in step with the uh, with SPFX, yes. which, which makes sense, right? And I believe that's the same story for the Teams toolkit, which is also on the similar Node versions, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but, okay. correct. Um, and, and so we, we talked a bit about some of the components. So I'm thinking the, the GitHub repo is if I have a need for, gee, I'd really like to have this control that is available somewhere else to be included in the toolkit, that'd be the place that'd to- That'd be the place to, 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 to ask for it, yeah. absolutely. Um, if you're curious about the full breadth of our controls and want to explore them and just play with them, we actually have a playground. Okay. MGT.dev. Nice and easy with nice, that one. That it's, it's, it's really nice and easy. Or if you prefer, we have an AKA link for that, just in case we move it to somewhere else in the future, <laughs> aka.ms slash mdt slash dev. And that, that's kind of like the playgrounds that we've seen all over the web where I have a box for HTML and a box for script. And yep. I have a magic button and it all renders for me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Side-by-side yeah. you know, -side panels rendering and HTML, uh, switch to JavaScript, switch to the CSS tab so you can explore the customizations. We've got fairly extensive collection of stories that walk you through all of the configurable properties on a given control. Okay. Um, and should walk through all of the given CSS properties that we expose for to aid you with styling. Okay. And I'm, I'm sure the, the designers of the world will have tons of questions and we'll send them to the GitHub repo as well. But <laughs> I Please. was just involved in a conversation between, wait, there's there's tokens in one version of Fluent and there's something else in another version and and SharePoint's getting a new look and feel we've seen. So it's hard to hard to imagine. Anyway, so folks who wouldn't need more questions will go to the, the GitHub repo on that. Now, I want to ask about, um, this is called the Microsoft Graph Toolkit and you have a auth provider. Does it only call graph or will it make SharePoint calls for me or my own custom APIs or any extensibility point there? At the moment, we only make calls to graph. The caveat being we have a specific provider when you're working in SharePoint okay. for making calls into graph. Okay. That taps into the existing SharePoint context and all of the auth grants that are granted to an application through the SharePoint 
administration. Right, with the API access yeah. and stuff. In a similar case for Teams, then, if I'm in a Teams context, or, or do I need to not worry about a bunch of that stuff? You know, I will admit I'm not super close to the Teams okay. limitations. Okay. Um, it's just not an area I've had to work on. Okay. Yeah. You know, I've been enrolled for 10 months. and yeah. <laughs> that, that, That's fair. And, and now, so, so MGT get, as you were talking yeah. about, well, that, so that's calling Microsoft. The reason I'm asking, right, so I have a custom API that supports stuff. And if I want to render a collection of items from my API, is there a way to make that work? Or is that a feature request I need to go to? That's the a, that sounds like a feature request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Do you have any definite roadmaps or, or oh, things that you, you are top of mind or do you still have feedback? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have a number of things that we're working on already for you know, what comes after V3. V3 is very, very close, by the way. We're feature complete. We're working through documentation and some accessibility issues to, and some organize, some repository organization issues to get ourselves out to, G, out to an RC okay. and very quickly GA there. What comes after that? We've got a set of search controls, which will make use of the, the Microsoft 365 graph search APIs. So we'll have a, we have a search box and a search results page. Those are our sort of top level components. Then if you drill inside those, there are uh, custom renderers for each different type of result within Microsoft Search. So you know, document types, mail types, message types, people types. Okay. And so if you don't like the defaults, you can create your own renderers and pass them. As we talked about before with yeah. my own template and render for my own, yeah. my own entity as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think you... Forgive me if, I, if I'm going too far in the future, but I thought I heard you mention something about chat. So we're working on a chat control. Um, yesterday at Build, Jeremy Thake will have given a little demo of that to show our chat control. We're hoping to make it as simple as, for developers to use our chat controls in their custom applications. These use Teams chats. So one-on-one -on -one and group chats. Which is different than bot framework, where I think yeah. that's a distinction that I was confused on. <laughs> yeah, it, it is distinct. So it is a, you know, a conversation control. You give it the ID of that chat, and it loads. It provi provides a UI with the ability to send, edit, delete messages, and receive messages from other participants in that chat without polling. There's no polling involved. Very close, I wouldn't say full parity. We, we're trying to give you as much of the functionality that exists in Teams that makes sense to do in a small pinned single chat. So the ability to manage who's in the chat. The ability to rename it if it's a group chat. And we actually have a new chat control as well. So create a chat because that's a pretty common scenario. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Ben, when we first talked about it, you had a scenario where I think it would be worthwhile to share why you think an app, uh, I'm an app developer, why do I want to use a chat control? Yeah, that's a very good question. One of the scenarios, and the scenario that we've had brought to us by a number of customers, is Service Desk. I'm a Service Desk agent working in a custom Service Desk application, which is a, a website, and I want to be able to create a chat with one or many 
members of the extended team to specifically address a ticket that I've got here. But we don't want to break out of that ticketing system and incident management system and open up teams and switch context because the process of doing that is like, oh, you know, loss of context. Context switching kills people's performance, right? And even that little single alt tab, it's a break. If we can make it really easy to flow from, hey, I've got an incident. Oh, I want to escalate this off to Megan, add her to the chat about this conversation. Then you can actually attach that chat to your ticket in your ticketing system. Because at the end of the day, it's a chat ID that it's just a chat is ID. off of graph yep. and so forth. Uh, graph. Okay. So I, it occurs to me now, if I then go to my Teams application, will I see that chat? Yeah, it's it's all in chat. It's all in Teams, 100%. The chat component stores no data. It holds data in memory in the browser for the lifetime of that chat component. You close the browser window, it's gone. All the data, the data is perfectly safe in Teams. Just as, and all of our IT admin friends will love that and governance and all, 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 all of our compliance yeah. okay. friends. <laughs> DLP is a scenario that we are making sure we support. Excellent. Okay. All right. So what else is in there? You said the, uh, I, I, I reordered your list. <laughs> you reordered you. me a little bit. Uh, the, the other component that we're already working on is an enhanced file control. So at the moment we have a file list and it's a list of file items and you can do one click action on a file. Usually you'll want to open up that file. But think about a list of files and you think about looking at that in a, the context of SharePoint and OneDrive. There's a lot of things you can do with those files. You can delete them. Yeah, there's a whole toolbar of things. Yeah, I yeah can exactly. Do, yeah. So we're, we're building a file, what we're calling a file composite, which composes a file grid, a breadcrumb so you can navigate down into folders and okay. back up. <laughs> Getting back up to that route is pretty important. Um, customizable action menus, so per file, rename, share the file, delete the file, insert your own custom action here. Okay. Um, and then some more broad controls via a command bar. And, and I, I'm assuming then, right, so if I'm an app developer, I might want files associated with my app in a certain place. So I provide like the root container and then the user can't ever go somewhere else. That's exactly I, I, it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're, as the app developer, you control the entry point into the file system <laughs> or the drive in, to use the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the graph term. Yeah. Yes, because you're a folder in a SharePoint list is a drive. Yeah, well, the, the, the library is a drive. The yeah. library is a drive. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, well, I can see a great use case for that, right? Now, I guess there's a little bit of overlap between custom actions in SharePoint that can extend the toolbar and what's in the graph toolkit. And I think that, 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 that I seem to be okay with that, but am I thinking that correctly? Yeah, no, you're, you're, so they're very separate constructs. So, you know, if you want to add custom actions to our custom action menu, you're going to be registering them in the context of your application. Because, yeah, well, we don't know what you want to do. So you have to pass in the function that's associated with that right, action right. as part of your config. And if you architect it well, you'll have a backend API anyways that that function's calling into. So yeah, all good, you know. right? Yeah. So, so yeah, <laughs> you've, got, you've hit the nail on the head there, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So I put on my ISV hat. And I certainly, th I'm thinking of what, what, uh, what's missing and I'll, I'll go add an issue for that is I'd love to be able to give a 
provider that will pass a token to my API, right? Because uh, that kind of opens up all kinds of uh, yeah. flexibility so if I could do that. Our provider right? model is actually quite extensible. We've got a root, a base class that you can build your own custom okay, provider off of and away so, you go. So off I but go. Having, huh? <laughs> having, you know, I can see the the opportunity to have a provider that will support talking and providing auth tokens to custom APIs, you know, your custom Azure function or AWS Lambda or you know, insert cloud provider. Well, those people are probably aren't listening anyways. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I don't, awesome. I don't judge people for their choice of cloud provider. Yeah, exactly. We're just trying to get a job done, right? Yes, yeah, excellent, exactly, excellent. right? We're here to help everyone okay. who's, who's playing in our playground. Okay, um, anything else? No, I'm just really thrilled to be so close to releasing this. Um, it's been a, a journey for me and my team. Yeah. Um, they were a little bit, they were started when I joined, um, and it, this is going to be my first yes. big milestone. I, you know, and I remember the, the Graph Toolkit's been around for some time, So, but yeah. it, this is the first time I'm hearing there's a team behind it now, which is obviously uh, good for us devs that you know, there's, it's not just, you're not off on an island doing something, so no, great no. to hear that. So, you know, the team's, Myself and Sebastian Lever is the PM for a lot of this work, um, and we have some developers based in Nairobi, Kenya, working on this as well. Oh, so excellent. it's excellent. not just me and Seb. We have other people keeping us honest and supporting us. Okay. This. And one more time for the listeners, the GitHub repo is? aka.ms.wacmgt. And our playground is at aka.ms.wacmgt.wacdev or mgt.dev if you prefer. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, and we look forward to chatting when the net V4 is coming. <laughs> hey, I hope it's not another two or three years. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at m365devpodcast, and check out our show notes at www.m365devpodcast.com. To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes. That's all, folks. 